Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World weekly series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host. And today, we're going to talk about regenerating land and staying on a farm as a digital nomad with my guest, B. Fonseca. B, welcome to the show. Mm, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you and hear about this amazing place where digital nomads, remote workers, it doesn't matter who you are, you can come and stay. And just so everybody, for the people that are watching, the pictures we have behind us are part of this place that we're about to talk about. Yes, it, TDF. I can see the letters TDF. What does TDF stand for, B? It stands for Traditional Dream Factory. That's That's what it stands for. All right, and we're going to talk about the traditional dream factory today. But first, B, I want to ask you, how did you start your remote work journey? And can you tell us about your background? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the question. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually started my remote working journey with TDF itself. And so I used to live in the Netherlands where I studied and where I also worked for around two years. And then at some point, just in the middle of COVID, I decided to come back to Portugal and I started to get involved with TDF and more with the tech world and like with operations in this digital world. And that's that's how I started. That's, that's how I've been embracing the, I I call myself a um, home packer instead of a backpacker as in my digital nomad kind of like circuit, I tend to go for like long stretches of time to places where I have a lot of friends and kind of stay in their homes. So yeah, that's that's my journey. I love that phrase, home packer. So how did you first become acquainted with TDF and the, and the idea of this coming back from the Netherlands to Portugal? Mm, yeah, that's, that's a curious question because I don't, I think it was my ex-partner, Josh, he really wanted to come and to participate in at Rebuild and Rebuild this kind of this network of uh, people that are building similar projects that with a vision of building a regenerative future and regenerative countryside. And um, in September 2021, I came uh, to TBS for five days and I met a bunch of creative and really cool and um, a quite diverse setting also of people that were a little bit embracing this question of how to bring um, life to the countryside and how to live together in a way that it was a bit more um, modern than other iterations that we had experienced before. Um, and that was my first touch and I became really, really curious about the model because it didn't require something that for me um, before was kind of a requirement to live together, which was permanency. Um, I was a bit like, oh, if I want to share my home with my friends, we have to commit 100% uh, to this piece of land or to this house. And TDF challenged that. TDF told me that, okay, maybe we can just be here for three months of the year all together and then continue and have other more autonomous parts of our lives. And so these at the time was really like, I, it took me some time to process these and I was really curious and I really wanted to dive more into it. And, um, and I continued coming until the until we, by the end of 2021, start of 2022 um, we got a grant 
from reach and network to to start building the technology that powers the, the whole space and um, and that's how i started to work um to to really be part of the project and to commit a large part of my life and my energy to it yeah it's incredible really interesting how you got acquainted with the space but i think when you see tdf in person it really speaks to you and the community as you mentioned it's a it's a really unique project that i want to dive deeper into now so the traditional dream factory is located in the alentejo region of portugal in a small town called abela so how if if you land in lisbon how would you first get to this traditional dream factory before we start talking about what what the space looks like and things like that okay perfect so if you land to the in Lisbon, um, you can either take a cab or an Uber or the metro to the to the train station at Rios, and then from there you take a one and a half hour train ride to Ermides uh, do Sado, and uh, usually we go and pick you up. It's a kind of a ten minute ride from this train station, and um, and that's it. It's actually really accessible. That's one of the really nice things about where TDF is located. It's like one hour, 20 minutes train ride from Lisbon, no stops. And also another really thing is that it's about half an hour away from the sea. And um, yeah, that's good. I hope I hope you can get there. <laughs> I hope you find your way. Yes, it, it's a nice mix of everything. And I mentioned the town of Abela. How far is this town of Abela in comparison to TDF? Oh, it's super, it's super close. It's like two minutes walking. So, and maybe I already introduced a little bit of TDF. So TDF, the traditional dream factory, we basically are stewarding for two pieces of land in which one of them is an old chicken farm. So we're, we're playing with three warehouses, three different warehouses. And uh, these warehouses are just, I don't know, maybe two, three, five minutes away, depending on how much of a rush you are to like the, the local town middle square. It's, it's, it's a small town, maybe of like 400, 500 people. It's incredibly populated for the region, I would say. Actually, it's not so easy to get a house in Abella. <laughs> And uh, there's also like the demographics are quite varied, but I think like probably between, I don't know, 40 and 70 is the, the biggest pop population. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, it's super interesting because the, 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 um, the chicken farm used to be one of kind of like the cultural social pillars of the village. So they used to employ a lot of people, but also they have a lot of outside space and um, and during the 70s and the 80s, like they used to do, for example, part of the local folklore uh, parties at, at this place. And so still today, actually, like we once or twice a year, we host the, the people from the village at, at TDS so that they can, you know, just, just do the usual party that they used to do there. When I first heard that story about TDF and the town of Abela, I really fell in love with it because it, it's so rare, I think, to have your property and integrated so much with the town already. It almost seems like this place was waiting for someone to come and be open to that and, and keep the tradition going. And I can tell you, just like B said, because I have been to TDF several times, you walk five minutes into the city center, you have a little cafe, you have a little supermarket. 
And it, it's kind of the best of both worlds, I think. It's, so you can you can escape from the farm for, you know, half of a couple hours or something if you want and then come back on foot. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really it's really I think I think especially and um, PDF is in Portugal. I guess you've all understood that by now. And uh, just to give a little context, I also grew up, I'm born and raised in Portugal. I consider myself Portuguese, whatever that may mean. Um, and it's it's been really interesting, the journey of having Portugal as a country that's like everything that it's not on the on the coastline. It's a bit rural, it's a bit deserted, it's a bit like forgotten. And so it's been really interesting to also, as a local, observe the relationship between this bubble that we're creating at TDF. How we actually can be of service and care also for the people that are actually from this land and that have, you know, they were born there, they, they, they barely left this place, and how to bring this like new energy and honor and, and care for these people too. Yeah, and, and I think the proximity with the village is something that um, makes it really possible, you know. I think it's so, I, I think that. They, they they all think that we're a bit crazy. They they don't really understand what we're doing. But but I think that the energy and the fact that we show um appreciation and curiosity and like that we are there and that we are with them, like I I, I it, for me it brings me a lot of energy. It's amazing. So I want people to picture this a bit more. So if, as they come onto the farm itself, like you said, there's these two pieces of land and what am I going to see when I get there? And if I'm arriving as a volunteer or for, let's say, a week there, what would I expect to be doing every day? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So starting by the beginning of your question, what would you see? So when you arrive at TDF, you see a somehow run down um, group of buildings, these like three warehouses that I've mentioned before. And they were abandoned, I think, more or less 15 to 20 years ago. And we have been taking care of them since April 2021. And so I think that like full disclosure, we've uh, somehow acquired the land and we've got the access to it and we can use all of this infrastructure and at the moment, simultaneously, TDF is a very humble place still. Um, so like uh, with the accommodations and, uh, and with the co-working space and like how, how we live together, it's really from a place that it's not yet fully um, commodified. Um, and you can see like in the website, like the pictures and how it rolls and also like in Instagram. And, um, and then so we see these warehouses, you have them, um, so there's one warehouse in, in the front, and then there's two warehouses in the back. There's kind of almost a U-shape, and in the middle of this U-shape, we have kind of like a, an outside feeling area where we have food, where we sit together at night to talk or sometimes to dance. And then behind all of those buildings, we basically have um, well, we have some compost toilets, and uh, we also have around 1,500 fruit trees that we've planted across the last year to start our fruit forest. And uh, and we now also have and are kind of yeah just full on with a with a market garden for around 30 people. So in March this year, we 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 planted a, a, the first iteration of our market garden that we've been eating from. 
and that's that's really powerful that's like after these like one year two years being in the land to actually have a proper like food production mechanism that it's taken care of with so much love it's it's interesting and then be, behind behind this food this fruit and this plant this 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 food production areas which if you're familiar with like permaculture principles on how to design your land you want to have your food close to your house, right? Like, I mean, if I go and I want to pick up my lettuce, I don't want to walk 15 minutes to pick up my salad. So that's why the food production is so close to, 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 to the kitchen. And then beyond that, we have, um, um, we have a sauna, we have a bar area, we have another area that we, like, we, it's not a food production, it's just a reforestation area that we're trying to really, like, rejuvenate and try to start breaking the soil, starting putting down nutrients so that, you know, it becomes a bit more alive. And we have a tree house and we just have a lot of playground. And really the idea of what we're trying to build is, which I guess I haven't yet said fully, the idea of TTF is really to create somehow a prototype, like a model, a blueprint for um, a system to live together and currently we're prototyping more like a co-living, uh, medium short-term living kind of situation uh, that has nature at the core. And so how can we create housing systems that are really, that make people live aligned with their purpose and with their creativity and with their playfulness and whilst at the same time, um, yeah, regenerating nature, like and being in sync with, with, with the planet and with the universe that, you know, really cool. Yeah, I, I really want to question that does that does I, I can imagine. Well, I have been there, but like as as you climb up behind the vegetable garden and you reach the tree house and you reach you see the sauna, which is amazing in the winter as, as a place to because the Alentejo region does get quite cold at night in the winter. It gets hot in the summer, but you have these things that you're building using the land and the space to refresh in a natural way. And um, I, I think that it's very playful. It's a really playful space and a playful community. I know that a pizza oven was recently built there. A lot of things have been built by volunteers and it's it's a space where a lot of events have also been held. Um, let's talk about the events for a moment. I know that TDF can host events for people outside and they also host their own events. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. So, I mean, at TDF, so basically we are kind of a member-based community. And so there's an entire onboarding process for you to build TDF with us. And with these folks, we kind of curate a set of events that are very often, often open to the public. Because also TDF is a little bit of a, a transition space, or at least that's how we see it in that we know that we have a certain lifestyle, but the idea is to really bring this lifestyle to as many as possible because, you know, like only through this feeding of change, we actually can have a meaningful impact. And so very often we just curate events around, yeah, around just being together. It could be something that has to do with our garden or a planting action. It can be something that has to do with something about our blockchain, web suite economics. It can be something that is just focused on like playfulness so we try to keep our doors open to receive people and to show a little bit of what we're doing uh, and at the same time we also very often you know like people have their own projects people have their own like their own little circles their own little uh, networks 
and um, and we've been asked quite often to be to be a place of of, of hosting some some other people's ideas, and this is something that we we do very openly and we love. We always internally say that we we don't want to enter too much this culture of um, making city have a hotel or a retreat center. And so when we partner with other organizations or projects to host um, um, events or create days at TDF, we, we, we try to have a design and we try to have it participatory so that um, it's being like cooking meals together or making sure that, you know, like the living spaces are held together by the entire, by all of the people that are there in the space, but not just by TDF. Um, so there's all of these things about like how to take care of this home that we have together and no one, like we're all of service here. We're all trying to take care of our home. And so how can we bring this energy in a balanced way even when we're receiving friends over, I guess. Does it make sense? Yes, that makes sense. It's like, it's it's your home, you're inviting people into that space, but you want to do it in a way where you're able to participate and not feel like you're you're being invaded or it's, something is not in alignment with the people that are living in that space and co-living together. Exactly. Thank you for explaining more about that. So, okay, now I wanna talk about, just, just briefly about the food. You mentioned there is a vegetable garden. You can get your salad. How does eating work if I come to TDF? Should I stop at the grocery store on my way there and bring a bunch of things? Or is there enough of a facility there to give me my meals? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, um, the way that it works is that we actually have an open kitchen and unless there are events or very specific things rolling, usually meals are shared and co-created. So, um, you've seen the website, how it works and like, what are the different things associated with it? But bottom line, usually we have these rituals that breakfast is autonomous and independent everyone is still a little bit in their own vibe like maybe there's a solo social butterfly that is like already did three hours of yoga and half an hour of like breath work and it's like super powerful in the morning and some others are like i'm silent until i have more coffee um but we usually have yeah breakfast are like a bit autonomous like everyone goes to the kitchen we have everything you know like uh, you have oats you've got yogurt you've got eggs and bread you you're free to to design it your way and then lunch and dinner we usually have um, a board where we ask people the people cooking and um and everyone cooks for everyone. So, for example, I go to TDF for a week. I sign up to make lunch on Tuesday and to clean up the kitchen after dinner on Thursday. And I just know that I have to show up at those times and to cook for X amount of people that are around. So, yeah, it's actually really nice because you don't have to think so much about it. But you're also super welcome. Of course, we respect people's dietary needs. And you're also super welcome to bring you know, if you have your own chocolate or your own little cravings that you really like, um, you can bring them and, and, and store them in the kitchen. Um, we mostly cook vegetarian. Um, I would say like 99% of the times. Uh, sometimes we cook fish. 
Um, we don't usually cook meat. Sometimes the, the people from the village may bring some sausages or something and may want to share it with us. Um, we try to avoid big labelings around food uh, because it's a bit like we're all doing our best and some days are best and are better than others. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we really want to be for a month eating no gluten and no dairy and eating super clean. And then sometimes we also just feel like having Nutella. And <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But it's really nice you have this like big industrial kitchen that people can create things for others or for themselves mm -hmm. if they need to. And just I'm sure if you plan ahead and ask what's there, what you can bring, things like that as well. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, I just to, just to compliment. Oh, go ahead. Just go something ahead. to compliment. I mean, just that when you go and you do your booking process, you can always talk with our space manager and ask all of your questions with regards like your accommodation in terms of room or in terms of of the kitchen and uh, and they will support you with finding the best way to to or the most comfortable way for you to to stay thank you for saying that and mentioning the space manager it's it's really nice that there is someone always there handling these things and being the intermediary now, I want yeah. to bring up a really interesting and innovative part of TDF that was a first for me when I heard about it. So the, the right now, the TDF has launched a crypto token. It was very recently launched, and it allows people to invest money into TDF by buying the token. So can you tell us how people could buy this token and what investing in TDF will allow you to do? And what is the benefit of investing in TDF? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for this question. And for me, this is also like one of the highlights of PDF and like what personally drives me to the project and what very often energizes me, which is like these ideal prototyping models for, for, for change and that challenge the status quo. And that's exactly what we're also doing with like, um, you know, using technology as like, benefiting nature and the relationship of humans around it. And so basically our token, it's called the TDF token. And our token is launched on the Stello network and you can purchase it in our website. You can go to traditionaldreamfactory.com and everything is explained there very extensively. I think I'd make, be making myself a fool if I would try to explain it here. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's its own journey. Um, but basically, the TDF token is a utility token. So it's actually not an investment of any type, um, but it's a utility token. And it's basically like a coin that gives you uh, or that gives the token holder access to the facilities of TDF as kind of like a, a real estate asset. So basically, by purchasing one uh, coin, one TDF coin, you get real estate access. It's like you're buying your house, but you're buying a day in your house. So for example, if I would want to stay for 30 days a year at TBS, I would buy 30 coins. And then every year I would go in the TDF website and I would use these same uh, coins to book my stay. And then um, the funds that we collect through the, through the selling of the tokens it's actually the funds um, to develop the project. 
So the project ends up being like a, a crowdfunded platform or a crowdfunded space where everyone that has bought their coins is actually putting their savings and it's actually like also building you know the access and that one token gives you one night every year um but we're also building it somehow a model of decentralized or distributed leadership so what we what we what we're trying to prototype is the model in which um we track how often do you stay and you know for example someone who stays 30 nights has got less influence than someone who's staying 60 nights per year and then every year, the core team, the people who are running PDF are presenting roadmaps that are up to voting with people's, with people's distributed voting power. And, uh, and next to this, like we call it the proof of presence, we also have the proof of sweat, which is um, um, a, a treasury of tokens. So we have one part of all of the tokens that we have and uh, that we've actually reserved for people who are building the project. So it's uh, it's kind of... It's not equity because it, it doesn't work in the same way, but it's a bit like a reward for your time. It can be a little bit of a salary. So if you either, you know, do copy for our social media or you're fixing the sauna or you are reviewing our tokenomics, you can be rewarded with this sweat token that will give you both access to PDF and the governance. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a little bit it. I mean, bottom line, the idea of using this blockchain technology for these is that we kind of, in a safe way, that it's somehow still with bridges between, you know, like the initiative legal world that we have. What we're building is a system in which we can give housing to people without a lot of the administration where fair that, you know, you don't have to go to a notary, you don't have to go to these, you don't have to go to that, you just get your token and you know that you have these amount of nights. Um, and you also know that the money is being used and invested in your home and that this home has a set of regenerative principles at the core, both from um, a land perspective uh, and also from like a social economic, uh, 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 social economic perspective. Clarifying questions? Yeah, thank you for that breakdown. Um, I, I think it, like you, as you described, it's like a real estate investment in a way. And I know that the platform is not available yet, but eventually you will be able to go onto the platform, onto the website and use your token after you've purchased it to to, to like book the nights that you want to stay. You'll, you'll be able to do, you know, the calendars view and, and be able to choose. And I also believe you'll be able to choose between a variety of different accommodation options, such as whether it's a tent or it's in a, one of the apartments that will be there um, or a glamping tent, something like that, if I understand it correctly. Yes, yes, you're totally right. So, for example, if you would want to come and stay in a glamping, it will cost half a token. If you want a private uh, room, it will cost you two tokens and so on and so forth. And I think like just to, to let you know that I think it's because I think this is very interesting and it's also what, what kind of excites me about everything that we're doing is that, so if I want to spend 30 nights a year at TDF, I buy 30 tokens and I know that with these 30 tokens every year I will go into, into this kind of Airbnb-like platform and book my, my nights and 
then I also collect my governance and I can make this voting, that's all good. And I think also something else that it's worth knowing is that, okay, the token uh, gives you access or gives us access to the real estate and to building the real estate, but there's still maintenance and utility costs. So for example, every time that I book my stay, I will still have what we call the utility fee, which we right now calculated at 10 euros per day, more or less. And this includes food, electricity, workers, toilet paper, like all of these commodities that sometimes um, that show up and that just are part of our routine. And then the idea is that we're also building TBS to be a space of creative agency and empowerment and that, you know, we'll have a restaurant there or we have one of the warehouses that is going to be remodeled and left empty so that we can have um, either yoga retreats or someone wants to like just make a business of strawberry jams for the month with all of the leftover strawberries that we have from the market. Or maybe we just have a hackathon, you know, like a hackathon for regenerative products for like the month of August in 2027. And so the idea is actually that we create the CDS, the people who hold the tokens, the people whose CDS is their home, that they're agents and creative and that they empower themselves to create all of these wealthness and richness in the ecosystem so that, for example, we don't have to pay uh, the utility fee because actually like the TDF as an ecosystem provides for itself. So from the restaurant, TDF takes a fee, from the gen, TDF takes a fee, from uh, guests, TDF takes a fee, so that our home supports itself and we actually can stay at cost zero. And eventually, maybe even one day, we even have an, ex an excess of money. Like, like we're so thrifle that we have like a shared bank account together um, and that we can think of, you know, building another TDF or, uh, you know, building instead of like maybe not only the co-living, but start to build houses for permanent living and for families and for people to stay there. And so I think that this is a very also like just a good note to leave that yeah, and um, how to create a system, a housing system that is resilient in itself. Um, I think it's a good one. Yeah, this is such a unique system that you have built here. It has to be, I think it is one of a kind. And I, I'm excited for people to learn about it. Uh, also, if they, if you buy a token, can you sell it back to the market or can you sell it to someone else if you decide that you no longer want the tokens or maybe that year? you're not going to stay? How does that work? Okay, so this is um, a very interesting question. It requires a little bit of context. So as I mentioned before, the fundraising of the project, is, it, it's, it's done mostly through the token sales. And therefore, we want to avoid, whilst the project is not built yet, whilst we do not finish the entire reconstruction and, 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 re uh, and renovation of the place, we want to avoid secondary markets and secondary trade. And therefore, if you purchase your tokens now, you'll only be capable of selling them and of transferring them once the project goes live. And so, and going live means that we will at some point, hopefully around 2025, host a big festival like weekend. Very regenerative and semi-hedonist maybe. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate that we actually like build this chicken farm and that we're like there together and that we're regenerating this land 
And once this happens, it means that, you know, that we've acquired enough funds to build the place and that we can start, um, yeah, that we can start prototyping, prototyping other things and that there is space for the secondary market. So that's one. And then another one is with regard to the, the, the exchange of tokens, right? If you don't want to go next year, can you trade your tokens? Um, yes, um, at the moment, everything is still a little bit um, manual, uh, but we are in our platform, we basically, we have the tokens and we are, we're making systems for people to change tokens in a safe way um, that is going to be enabled soon. So it's going to be something in the future that will be it's easy be, on the platform. Something that we're that we're thinking about about like how to enable people's movement and dedication and yeah, that's definitely in our in our design. Great. Well, I wanted to ask you. So, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we go? Um. I think I think that I mean it really depends on 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 the community that you have around and how you think of living together. Um, I think that what I would like to leave is really a note of like um, yeah, cultivating homes and spaces that are coming from places of self agency and not of commodity. And this is something that we really try to empower at TDF and we're also very flaky at it, you know, like bottom line is also just like extremely challenging to work together in a healthy way with healthy patterns, you know, like easier said than done, but encouraging people to really um, think about these. And if you're interesting about, uh, if you're interested in getting to know more about TDF, just hop on the website, sign up, you'll be contacted to to go for a, an onboarding call to learn a little bit more about us, be with our community curator or our community catalyst, actually, that's their name, not curator. And then, and if you're interested in also participating and contributing, like not right now, we're, we're, we're launching in which we're capable of having people that are holding uh, with a lot of uh, with, with a lot of responsibility and clarity very clear domains but um, and that this helps them being capable of 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 asking for tiny tasks for the community around you know and these tiny tasks can be hey do you want to write these terms and conditions here or hey do you want to write these social media social media posts on that or those tiny tasks may be, hey, we need a yoga deck on the ground who's down to come and build it. And so it's 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 a very co-created process. It's a very co-created project. And then and that's what I want to leave. If you if you if you want to support, if you want to be a part of it, just come and build. Great. What do you love most about TDF B? Uh, yeah, I think the 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 creative energy and the and the and the and the and the systemic the systemic challenging, you know, the like I, I think that it's really extraordinary that if we if we kind of crack this tokenomics, like if if this token plugs in and if we're capable of, I, I think it's been way more laborious than we ever thought that it would be, and we're being resilient enough to like. Um, adapt and iterate, but I'm really fascinated by the fact of the imprint that we can have because if if TDF works and if like 
with it working, can other people can start add other 10 PDFs and like scale this movement that gives both housing and make sure that like soil is 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 being regenerated. I think that's that's what makes me thrive. That is so fantastic. And I when you mentioned the soil, I think it's really important for me to ask so you can highlight this. What is how is the land being treated and protected in this whole process? So um, we have the um, uh, TDF is part of a of a network that we call OASA, and OASA is uh, um, works as a little bit of a land trust, and we have what we call the the regenerative land stewardship principles. I think that's not. The exact name. I think some of those words may be swapped, but we call them the principles, the regenerative principles. And then, and the, the, the ethos behind that is to make sure that uh, all of the projects that fit within this network um, have regenerative principles at the core. And so that we make sure that we do not apply um, extractivist methods uh, in the in in the way that we that we. Um, that we develop the project, and uh, of course, it's very, it's very, it's very location dependent. So I don't want to go into too much, uh, into too much detail. But basically, um, yeah, the the principles of biodiversity, principles of uh, water capture, in our case in Alentejo, uh, principles of uh, of of uh, reforestation and agroforestry, and um, yeah, um, so we're really trying to. Yeah, to reconnect and to 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 restore a little bit the landscape around us, and it goes with like trying an error, um, but uh, but that's the goal. And from what I understand, the land can never be sold now. It is held in a trust, and so it will be protected. Yes. So the idea is that the um um so. As I, if I get my tokens, I actually do not get the ownership of the land. I just get the right to access the facilities of it and the perpetual right to do so. And then the land uh, is actually under protection uh, and it's uh, owned uh, by this association that I mentioned that acts as a land trust. And the idea is really to model these, 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 these blueprint of moving from the concept of ownership to the concept of stewardship, in which people still hold a lot of rights and 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 and, and protections uh, of like access to real estate, but uh, where they act with with assets with the land from a place of of care and nurturing, and not from a place of extraction. Thank you so much for all of your explanation about TDF today, B. I have to say as a final word um, to the people listening that when I found TDF, it was during the pandemic uh, at the early in the early stages of the project. And I thought, what a better way to be connected to community and to be able to get to a space that had fresh water, fresh air and could where I could grow my own food with people if I needed to. And that's that's another thing I really love about TDF and hopefully many other projects out there. But the fact that TDF is now open for investing and for people who are curious, um, B, where can they go if they want to buy, if, if they want to look at the token and, and try to buy it? They just go to the website. So you can all go to traditionalzoomfactory.com 
and we have we we have like it's gonna go live later this week like the some sessions for like ask me anything ask me anything any anything questions ask me anything sessions <laughs> and also just uh, so there's this one and there's also there will also be like our community curator or our community catalyst who will be hosting calls that are a little bit more in the social domain and uh, and in the website you'll find all of the information about the token that we have been able to compile it's it's a complex system so probably will take some time and then you can just like hop on a call and ask any questions that you may have yeah, and if you want to volunteer and come check out the space, it's waiting for you in the Alentejo region of Portugal. B, thank you so much for introducing this amazing space to us. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much.